Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Answers for the Family with Alan Cardoza, right here on L.A. Talk Radio. Greetings to all of you listening around the world and a warm welcome as we bring you another edition of the Answers for the Family radio show. I'm your host, Alan Cardoza. If you're a regular listener, thank you for joining us. And if this is your first time, please make yourself comfortable as we bring you Answers for the Family. Each week, this show will address issues such as sometimes it can be, you know, we can talk about returning your your runaway teen um, because that's one of the things we do. We can talk about family crisis intervention or building self-esteem, dealing with addictions, lasting health, and so much more. Having over 30 years experience working with families in crisis, I've been fortunate to meet and work with some of the top professionals in many of the helping fields and some great authors who are all working to make this world a better place for all of us. Now, you can all do me a big favor. Please check out some of our past shows at AnswersForTheFamily.com to hear some informative and entertaining guests as well as dynamic co-hosts. They're going to discuss ways for you and your loved ones to become happier, healthier, and more at peace. Now, I want you to also know that I'm looking for a few show ambassadors. This is something that will really help us. And we want someone who will forward at least one of our shows to your social media group and or someone you know who can benefit from a particular subject. I want you to know that we truly appreciate it. And this is just another way that we together can make a positive difference in the lives of others. Now, I want to share with you that with us is my incredible co-host, international speaker, author, and kindness expert, Gabriella Von Ray. And... For most of you, the question would be, where is she? Well, guess what? She is right here to tell us more about what's going on. Gabriella, so glad you could be here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I miss California and the good weather especially. Yes. So uh, happy Memorial Day for everyone. Uh, I speak to a lot of vets. I know a lot of vets. And uh, we think of you today for all the sacrifices you had for us. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. 
and uh, that we are in studio on a holiday. Right. Ooh la la. I know. <laughs> so we're courageous because there's no traffic. So yes. we thought it was actually a blast to be here. <laughs> so. Definitely. And and it is an incredible, beautiful day here. Yep. So, so much so that, and, and we're in a building in which our our windows, we have very large windows here that looks out towards the mountains and the clouds. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really beautiful sight on a beautiful day. Absolutely. So again, as always, the Dare to Be Kind movement is moving slowly along from state to state, place to place. California is a big place, so I will be here at least till the end of June, uh, going between south and north. And one of the ways, something that I realized that um, someone said to me uh, on the phone yesterday, they said, okay, if you're the founder of the movement, you are the pebble and the members of the movement are the ripple so without each other we can't exist basically and we're connected and so i just wanted to explain for two seconds what we really have there online so we have a facebook page called dare to be kind movement and then we have a group which is private because i wanted to keep that private so that people could tell a little bit more their vulnerable stories things that they might be embarrassed about but they would really like to share with someone. Both, you are absolutely welcome to join. There's no no exceptions. There's We include everyone. So that's one. And then something that I started doing yesterday is I realized that if I am the pebble, I'm also the one that has to connect you. Now, I usually do that very well face-to-face. And so I need to learn to do that a little bit better online. And so I started a, a chat group in the Dare to Be Kind movement private group so that everyone can actually start knowing each other. So, for example, one of the beautiful things that already happened is that now someone else knows that they actually lived on literally five miles from each other. And so they can meet. And the, the purpose of this all is I'm asking them one simple question. And the question is, what do you do in your two-mile radius to be the difference? And whatever that is. So someone that we have, April, said that she was doing Reiki uh, for free for people that live in assisted living, so seniors. So that's, like, wonderful. Then she's going to go to a halfway house, and she's going to set up a hug booth. I think all these things give us ideas, to do it in our own neighborhood or to join someone else because it's always easier to be with two. I, I really noticed that being on the road all yes. alone, you, you kind of feel isolated. So this, I hope this chat will bring people together, will give us ideas and, and come and introduce yourself. It doesn't matter. Tell us what you do. Tell us what you're passionate about and we will find a niche for you. We will find something that you can do in a two-mile radius in your own country, in your own city that can be the difference. And, you know, there's also something that that you can all do in regards to going to the Dare to Be Kind website or to the Facebook page is there's an incredible amount of information that's put on there that that not only brings you closer to people, but Mm -hmm. it also lets you know. You just mentioned hugging. Okay, well, there was an article that you just had on there that had to do with the value of hugging, how much value that brings to starting your child from the time in which they're born, how much better they grow up to be as a human if they've been hugged more. 
Yep. So, I mean, but again, it's just one example of the many things that are on there that you go, wow, what a simple thing that I may have just kind of forgot to do. And for example, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that when I say we include everyone, we include everyone. So people with mental health issues, all kinds, whether you you have tried to commit suicide or whether you are a cutter, whether you're a runaway teen, we really welcome you to join because, you know, we've all have a story. But why I mentioned... Uh, my friend on on the group that has mental health issues is because I really want people to know that we are allowed to be who we want to be. And so um, sometimes, you know, due to the concoction or the cocktail of drugs that he's on by his doctor, he might say something strange. And I always say to him, nothing is strange. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and share because it's really important. What do you think about that? Well, um, and not only is it important, but there may be somebody else that's that's reading this and thinking, wow, I'm not alone. I have those thoughts. I have those feelings. Uh, I, I know that many years ago, um, I was transporting a young man, and we were told ahead of time, we were picking him up from a, a psychiatric hospital, uh, and he was 15 years old, and they said, well, he's being moved to another place because we're having a great difficulty with him because he keeps saying that he's Jesus. I said, okay, well, you know, I, we'll take care of it. And, and we got there, and I sat down with him, and he said, I can't go. He said, I, my work is here, and I need to stay here and continue what I'm working on. And I said, well, okay, I understand that. And I said, but if memory serves me, I believe you're a carpenter as well. He said, why, yes. And I said, well, in this place where you're at, are you able to use those skills? I said, well, no. And I said, let me tell you about this beautiful program that we're going to in the mountains. I said, they are building new cottages because they want to house more people. They want to bring more love and caring to more people. It sounds to me like that would be a good place for you too. And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, yeah, I think it is. We had no problem at all. He went to that program. He fit in great. Um, nobody needs to to call people on things if they're not hurting someone. No, and on top of it, we we uh, mental illness or not, we have sometimes the weirdest thoughts in our heads. Come on, be honest. We really <laughs> do. I do at least. And what I encourage is that part, that part of vulnerability, that you say to someone, "I'm so sad," and sometimes I really don't know why. Or, yes, uh, I think I'm Jesus. Or, yes, I think I'm not good enough. Or whatever it is. The, the, the three pillars of sharing these stories is not to feel alone, to feel more capable. And the third one is really important, too, to feel connected. Yes. Those three are really the backbone of all these stories of the Dare to be Kind movement. And, again, I noticed yesterday from this chat that uh, one of the participants didn't realize that we're actually collecting stories. So please, everyone, we're collecting stories for two reasons. The three pillars that I just told you, and to put it on the Dare to Be Kind website, will feature you, and will feature you indirectly on all the social media. And last but not least, I'm writing my fourth book on the kindness story, How I Became a kindness expert and why I'm the founder of this movement. But I also include stories of others. So if you have something that fits that, 
the the journey of kindness for you. Please, we want to hear hear from you. And don't be scared to write. Just write whatever or do it in audio. Send it to me. And we have an amazing human being called Tomoko. In, she's kind of hidden in the background because she wants to. I keep trying to push her to the forefront, but she ain't having it. <laughs> and she is a beautiful editor, and she will make your words sound harmonious on paper. And, you know, when you were just talking about in regards to feeling connected and not feeling alone, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have our guest on, uh, because she went through some things throughout life, and had she not written about it, other people wouldn't have been able to read this and connect and say to themselves, I'm not alone, and, and choose to speak out. Absolutely. So, Such so, an important topic that she has. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that has unfortunately been sort of pushed into the background, and oh. people, people don't want to talk about it. But when, when you don't talk about it, it festers, and it's something that, that people then don't find out you know, that they think that it's just me or they blame themselves. And by, by being able to go to somewhere where you can talk about these things, there's going to be other people that, are, that will help. Absolutely. And, and that's the beauty of it. So let me share a little bit about our guest first. And, um, and her name is Mary A. Havens, and she is the author of The Shadows in My Heart. So a little bit about Mary. She was born and raised on a small dairy farm in Wisconsin. And after a 30-year career, she moved to Alaska, which is where she resides now. And since 2012, she began writing her memoir. And she has traveled across the country on the trails of, of all of the lower 48. Uh, and she goes back and forth to Alaska. She continues her journey while promoting and speaking against domestic violence. She's appeared on numerous TV shows, including Oprah Winfrey, uh, Minnesota Twin Cities Live, The Mary Hansen Show, uh, and she was also the Twitter contributor for Dr. Phil and The Doctor's TV Show. She's a member of the Alaska Writers Guild, and she participates in writers group all across the country. So I'd like everybody to welcome Mary to Answers for the Family. Mary, thank you for joining us. Yes. So are are you in Alaska? Well, you're welcome. Are, are you in Alaska right now? No, I'm in Arizona right now. You're, you're in Arizona. You're closer to <laughs> us. You're much closer to us, yes. I, I am. But a little warmer, I have a feeling. Yes. So, yes, it's a little warmer, and um, I'm also going to be house-sitting for my ghostwriter, Lynn Weasley Sneed, while she takes a trip back to Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. Well, um, it's uh, it's it's coming up on summer, so uh, if you're used to Alaska, I think Arizona is going to be quite an interesting experience. <laughs> yes, I already have experienced a couple summers here while writing my book. Okay. So uh, Alaska is very appealing to me at this moment. <laughs> okay so well let's let's talk a little bit about the book and and your inspiration because i think there are many people out there that maybe have stayed in a situation for many many years felt that that uh that they just didn't feel that they could talk about it or blame themselves so um tell us what what motivated you to or inspired you to write uh the shadows in my heart well, it started 
a long time ago when I used to tell stories and people would say, oh, you should write a book. And um, I never thought that I would write a book. But when it came to things falling apart in my life after my mom died, um, I began to travel, really, is what I did. I moved to Alaska. And then eventually I did come back to Arizona and joined a writer's group and became involved with um, actually writing and having people hear and read my story. I was living uh, with very, very difficult time because I did not want to leave my family in Minnesota, which is where I was living at the time. But because of the circumstances, um, the threats and the emotional roller coaster I was on, I needed to leave. And so I left. And when I say the emotional roller coaster that I was on, 35 years ago, almost to this day, did I began to see and understand that I was living with a pedophile child molester. But I didn't know anything about it. For years, I had gone out and asked for help. So this is in the mid-80s, and no one really knew what to do about it. I always told the story of my suspicions, events that happened, but I had absolutely no support. And so during that time, I lived with it, trying to understand what was going on, um, thinking that there was something that I should know about. But because of that, um, and without help, I was unable to really uncover anything until 1984. And that summer was after I'd had um, my ovaries removed and became very unstable because of that surgery. I heard something come out of my husband's mouth one night, and I also saw some signs that now I understand, was a part of what pedophiles do for training and grooming. And so I sort of came extremely unglued at that point, but it would take me many years to really live through this and come out the other side to start writing a book. So, so in 1984, um, in December, I, I uncovered that my then husband had been sexually abusing our daughters. Mm. So that was the beginning of this part of my story. And may, may I ask how old your daughters were, just to give the story more that we understand? Okay, so, okay, so at the time that I uncovered it, my youngest daughter was 14, and my oldest daughter was almost 19. And they, and you have to understand that it's taken me all these years to really go back. I, I coined a phrase the other day, hindsight is insight. Yep. And so what I understand now is that, first of all, he was a pedophile long before I ever met him, and that he was molesting them from infancy on, and uh, they weren't his only victims. So the things and behaviors were so erratic, and he did things to always keep me off balance because I was always trying to search and find answers. 
like you, I love your show title, Answers for the Family, because these are questions we have that need to be answered. Mm -hmm. And even today, when you talk about incest, we don't really talk about incest. It's sexual abuse, it's sexual molestation, it's inappropriate touch. We are not talking about incest. And this family is so intertwined with incest, the overstepping of boundaries, the um, vicious abuses that go on, and the victims are often very defenseless. And um, I, I think I married probably one of the worst, and some of his training came long before I knew him. The military helped him to even become a better um um, person to hide things and everything to him was a game and even today this is a game for him because it has divided our family uh, my speaking out and coming forward and writing the book and and I have to say that part of what I did did hurt other people and I'm truly truly sorry because I became unleashed in some maniacal way once it came out, and um, the biggest fear I had was that my grandkids did not know this history. Now, I would never want them to know what he did to their mom, because that would only tend to drive you crazy, um, which is something I have to deal with, because I do know some of the things he did. Okay, now, but Mary? my grandkids didn't know, and think about it, we were on national TV. We were on Oprah Winfrey. But that was before the kids were born. So, well, some of them had already been born. You mean the grandkids? But the grandkids, yeah. Ma- the Mary, grandkids. Ma- Mary, let me let, let me interject here for a moment. So let's okay. go back to when you said that they were fourteen and nineteen, and this is when you found out. Um, did you find yes. out because they shared with you, you know, um, what was happening at that point, and had they tried to share it with anybody prior to that? No. No. What happened was I knew, you know how sometimes you just know something, but you can't prove it? Yep. Well, I knew that he had been doing something to them. But in 1969, he had molested my sister, who did tell me. And because uh, of my mother, it got covered up. Now, In 1969, I did all the right things. I took her to the doctor. She did the right thing in telling. The doctor found no evidence, but he suggested that a child does not tell stories like this and said I should go to social services and and discuss with them. I arranged for an appointment with social services. I took my sister home, and my mother covered it up. And she came back to me and said, oh, no, that didn't happen. I talked to your sister. And she said, no, that that wasn't true, which left me then in this, oh, my Lord, I'm having these horrible thoughts. I'm believing her, but I have no evidence, nothing to go on. And I was also pregnant with my third child, which, uh, you know, I was an emotional um, mess anyway. Mm -hmm. And so... And when we were in counseling, um, I just knew that something was terribly wrong with my family. My oldest daughter had been picked up and, and molested by a stranger that we all knew about. And 
we had dealt with that, but she would never, ever talk about it. And one of the things that's really um, frightening is that when she was picked up and molested and brought back, the perpetrator dumped her off on the street and let her find her way home. The police were involved, and I wanted to go to the police station with her when they thought they had uh, or when they had a suspect. But interestingly, my husband, her father, absolutely refused to let me go. Well, when you think behind that story, he was molesting her himself. So he was protecting what he was doing. And so we were were with this one counselor who was wonderful. I write about him in the book. And he said, we're not getting anywhere. I think we need to end this. And so I asked him, could I please have a session with he and my daughter And so when we did that, I had asked my daughter if her father had done anything to her, and she said no. And I asked her to talk about what happened to her when she was five, and she said, oh, no, it doesn't bother me. I don't think about it, Um, you know, and she would not speak. That was it. Mm -hmm. I was so mad because there's two things about this. I was so mad because I just knew, but at the same time, it looked like I was just being a fool in believing something that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So we're driving home from the the appointment. We're going through downtown St. Paul, Minnesota. And I'm like, I know. I will call my sister, who now lives in Alaska, is an adult, has her own family, and ask her, what happened? And when I called her, I said, I need you to answer a question for me. I need you to tell me the truth, no matter how hard it is for you. And she said, okay. And so I asked her what had happened. Was that true? And she said, yes. It was not only him, but his brother as well, who was married to my sister. So she had been violated by these two people and silenced. She was probably 22, 23 years old. And so she kept that secret. So family secrets, these kinds of secrets, only perpetuate themselves and spread through the veins of every person in your family. The generational abuse does not stop until somebody breaks that chain. And so that's how I got it uncovered. Um, I then, that evening, I asked my oldest daughter again, and she said no. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
no, nothing has ever happened. And she was angry and she left the house. There I was um, thinking, what am I going to do now? Because I know that my youngest daughter is hiding something. And so I took a couple of days to think about how can I ask her and get her to tell me the truth. And so a couple of days later, I was in the car with her. And cars are great places to ask questions because you can't get out. <laughs> You're kind of stuck with that person. <laughs> and so usually you can resolve a conversation if you get a long enough trip. <laughs> and so at that point in time, I, I did feel like I um, tricked her into telling me. I've been assured by several therapists that no, um, I did what I needed to do. And so she told me, and then I said to her, you have to think about this. Uh, Bob, who was our counselor at the time, will need to know this. He's a, a mandated reporter, and he will help guide us. And so that's what happened. Um, uh, she stayed silent. Um, I got a hold of Bob, started talking with him. We set up um, a way to um, go through the system, and uh, she was questioned, and then uh the uh, night before the counselor was going to get him to turn himself in and to admit to it, the police called him. That was the only thing that I can tell you that didn't work well in the system for me because the police, by calling him, could have gotten me and the kids killed. Mm -hmm. So I don't fault them for that because so often the police officers go to domestic violence situations and then the, the victims uh, retract their statements. And so it's very, very difficult. But in our case, um, I had to escape the house that night. I had to make sure my three kids were in safe places. My youngest daughter was with me. And I finally drove around until I thought of a friend I could call who I could stay with. And I, I phoned her from the telephone booth at that time and asked, could we please come and stay? No questions asked, and she was wonderful. She she took us in that night. Uh, there was a huge snowstorm, and uh, in the morning, um, I found that I had two different shoes and uh, had to go to work like that, but um, my youngest daughter and I got in the car and drove to Minneapolis to our counselor's office, and uh, he was trying to figure out what all we could do when my husband at the time uh, came barreling through the door trying to grab me. The counselor got in between us, and he's, my husband was screaming at me, accusing me of things, and finally when my youngest daughter said, Dad, stop it, you know you did it. And so the counselor got us out the door and worked with him and got him to turn himself in. He had gone to the police station the night before, and when he went to the station, that's when I escaped from the house. Otherwise, I probably would never have made it out alive. So, so that's how I got it uncovered, and that was only the beginning of more tragedies along the way. So Mary, at, at so at this point, um, how are your daughters doing now, and have they have they um, had counseling, and do they now acknowledge that that this is something that 
that happened to them in the past, but that they've grown from and they now have, you know, their own lives? Well, I wish I could have a happy ending to that statement, but um, what ended up happening after that point was I found a program uh, called the Wilder Multiple Incest Family Treatment Program. And so we did uh, go intensely for a couple of years to counseling there, and the program was designed to help the perpetrator and the victim, and, but it included all of us in the family and it was with multiple families. Um, there, there's kind of a upside and a downside to this. They were able to eventually, um, as I say, coerce and coach him into uh, taking ownership for uh, molesting the girls. And that helped them to uh, have that burden lifted from their shoulders. Okay, so so, and, so Mary, what you're saying is, so he, he did take ownership and through counseling, um, you know, it um, it's something that everybody then spoke about and acknowledged. Is that what you're saying? Yes, he did that in uh, the family group. And uh, it was at that time they believed that uh, a perpetrator taking responsibility and ownership helps to relieve the, his victims. And that is true. My daughters feel like at that point in time, once he did that, that relieved them of their shame and, and embarrassment mm-hmm. um, and lifted that burden off from them. And they have, they have told me they forgive him uh, for that. Now, the other part of that is that uh, he did that because he knew that he was in a program that was going to help to keep him out of prison because he was headed to prison. And the other part was, then that would have brought more guilt and shame on our daughters because they knew or had heard what happens to pedophiles in prison. They did not want that burden on their shoulders of him going to prison. Uh, We got right up to the court date when he um, decided not to make them testify against him, and the counselors helped him to not do that. He was going to drag them through the court system. My daughters and I went to the hearing or the sentencing, and that was helpful as well. Now, I do have a son as well, and he has not participated in, uh, he went to the counseling sessions, but he really never participated in anything. And uh, he, his life is not, I would say, in the best shape. Although if you asked him, he would think that it is. Well, Mary, uh, Mary, Mary, let's we we have to take a break, uh, but, um, you know, stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Answers for the Family. Founded over 30 years ago to meet the needs of families in crisis, Westfield has continually focused on resolving issues that negatively impact families and businesses. Our signature therapeutic transportation service helps to ensure that adolescents in crisis are safely transported to specialized schools, programs, and treatment centers with unsurpassed experience and success. We are supported by our full-service licensed investigation agency that has legally, professionally, and compassionately located hundreds of runaways and teens. 
We are experienced and qualified to help, offering solutions which may include referrals to our international network of top professionals in the fields of educational consulting, psychology, psychiatry, and investigations. Simply put, West Shield Adolescent Services and West Shield Investigations are the best solutions when your family is facing a personal crisis. Call 1-800-899-8585, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. That's 1-800-899-8585, or visit our website at westshield.com. Thank you. And we're back. You're listening to Answers for the Family. With me is Gabriella Von Ray, and our guest today is Mary Havens. We're talking about her book, The Shadows of My Heart. Now, Mary, we have some listener questions that have come in, and again, I want to thank those that take the time to do that. Oftentimes, it's it's teachers or people that are working in the middle of the day. They get our show through iTunes and other uh, and other um, things like that. I think it's um, uh, Stitcher and Spreaker. Um, you know, they'll <laughs> you know they get it sent to them, uh, and they send their question in. We get it answered, and then they listen to the show after work. So again, I appreciate that. So we have one from a listener that says, uh, from what I am reading, child abuse uh, is on the rise among single mothers at the poverty line uh, with infants and children under the age of two. Uh, These children oftentimes develop learning and behavioral disorders, setting the stage for them becoming an abuser themselves. Putting people in jail, you know, it says, I believe putting people in jail isn't the answer when we need to look at intervention and prevention with these young mothers. Uh, I am not about um, handouts. I'm about hand ups. What do you think is the answer? And this is from Gregory in Alabama. Okay, so I think, you know, I don't want to go to the single uh, mother's issue because it happens in all families. I think what we're seeing now is that we're now talking about it. We are also setting up education programs to help teachers, to help parents, uh, all across the board. And that's where I'm coming from, too. As a mother, you know, look at my role in all of this. But I was still the one who kept trying to uncover the, the problems in the family. Many times we are so overwhelmed with what's happening and our child is having bad behavior. We don't know the questions to ask them. We have to educate parents and teachers and anyone who deals with children to ask questions. Talk about body parts. Talk about uh, what things may be going on. Don't be afraid to uh, ask your child. I think I was afraid to hear the answer. I knew, but at the same time, I didn't know who was going to help me. There are lots of people and programs and help out there, but we still have to get to root cause. And as far as um, children who are molested and abused becoming molesters and abusers, I believe there's a statistic out that 30% of the people who have been abused will become abusers, but the other 70% will become advocates. And now that we're talking about it, we are finding more and more people who are out there joining support groups. Absolutely. Um, I'm in a program like it's uh, called NASCA, which is National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. And they have a talk show as well 
and people come onto the program there they know they're not alone and it's really super important to keep talking about it well mary um, i think um well mary mary let me interject first of all thank you for sharing the part about uh about advocates cuz as as you were speaking i was thinking the same thing before you said it was <clears throat> when they give statistics like that, it depends on where the statistics are coming from. But I also know the same thing that you do, and I was going to bring that up, is is that there, there is a huge percentage of people who then become advocates uh, for people who have gone through that. So I'm first of all, I'm really glad that you touched on that. The other point I wanted to make, and I think what, what uh, Gregory from Alabama was trying to get out in their question, is a lot of these women... Uh, who are now raising children on their own, the reason they become a target uh, for a pedophile is is that you know the, it's it's a male that's coming into that situation, and part of the attraction for that woman is the fact that he has that, that she has these young children, and so that's where I think education is also important. That for this woman who is now looking for a relationship, understand that unfortunately, um, look at them and and if they're being overly attentive to their children, you know they need to think about those things as well because these things happen from you know, uh, from all walks of life and all types of people as far as it could be a stepfather or boyfriend or something like that. So I think that's a little bit about where where Gregory may have been going in regards to that uh, when he's talking about uh, education, you know, for, for these mothers to be educated on who may be preying on them. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. And, and I think it's 95% of, of the children that are abused are abused by people they know. And so that's the stranger danger thing is something of the past. And, um, you know, the pedophile I married was that before uh, I knew him. And I, I, it was our dynamics. It's what, how I was raised. I was sexually abused once in uh, as a child but i became his target and mm -hmm. so uh it is you know that i still can't uncover all of that but what i will say is that i have been persistent i have lost some family members as a result of writing my book and being mm -hmm. so outspoken about the abuse but recently i got a phone call and my oldest daughter brought all of our grandchildren together and discussed the book, and mm. so they know. Um, I think only one out of seven have read the book, but I was able to get together with a former therapist who loves our family, and in June um, I am going to back to the Midwest, and some, some of us are getting together. Some of my grandkids have questions for me, so I still persist. Uh, some of my grandkids don't speak to me. My son isn't speaking to me. So when you tell, you know, it's really important to know that not everybody's going to be ready to get on that bandwagon with you. And um, this is a hard subject. Um, and, and like I said, incest goes hand in hand with domestic violence. And I think there are yeah. many people looking into that now and doing research, which is really important. And education is is just powerful. Thank you for... And we need to... Yeah, uh, finish your sentence, please, Mary. Oh, I was just going to say we need to continue to um, promote yeah. and uh, 
let people know. Yeah, thank you for sharing that about the family. And I'm really happy to hear that you're going to meet uh, and and be with family in Wisconsin this uh, this summer. That's awesome. That's a step forward. I have yeah. an, I have another question from a listener. I read your book on Kindle, and it moved me to get out of my comfort zone and speak to my own children about what happened to me. Shame and low self esteem are a huge part of the problem. I've spent years hiding and denying the past for my mother's sake. My alcoholic father beat us terribly and degraded us. You are right. We do not. We do need to open our hearts. By denying what happened, we are powerless to help others find the courage to get out of abusive relationships. This is Joanne in New York. It's not really a question, well, but maybe you want to maybe you want to encourage her to speak more. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's a very, very powerful um, uh, testimony, uh, and I'm, it, it makes my heart feel well to hear that she did read my book and that it encouraged her to speak to her children. Um, I think that once you start opening up, um, it, it's just a pathway to healing because if we continue to keep that secret and, and don't deal with it, we just generate more. And we can save save some lives by helping, by telling our story. Uh, one of the things that NASCA does is allow people to come online and tell their stories as well. And there's tremendous support. And you have a biological father or family, but you will find another family when uh, your biological family maybe isn't there for you. So yeah. thank you for that statement. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Right. Love what you just said. Well, Mary, I, I really want to um, to thank you for your courage uh, in in taking on this challenge uh, and putting together a book in regards to it. Um, so for anybody out there, if, if you would like to get the book, um, uh, I, it, I believe it's it's everywhere. But you can also go to Mary's website, which is www.maryhavens.com. If you're driving and you can't write this down, please know that you can always go to AnswersForTheFamily.com and we will have all of the information to be able to uh, to reach our guests uh, as well as our co-hosts or any other information that you're hearing on the show. We will put it on the website so that you can get it. So Mary, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. and uh, Especially this tough subject. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yes. You're very welcome and thank you for having me on the show. All right. Now, for everybody else out there, um, let's talk a little bit about the Dare to Be Kind movement and what are some of the other things that people can do to get involved because I know we haven't talked about the TV show. I know you're going to be doing some interviews. No. Uh, you, know, it, you know, what we need to think about right now in regards to Dare to Be Kind is we're at a time, I think, a real turning point in our country and in the world mm-hmm. um, where... Uh, it, it becomes almost second nature for people to be hurtful or f- for people to think that it's just okay to, uh, you know, to say really horrible things about people and not really feel like there's any consequences to that. Mm-hmm. And and so to me, this movement is so important to counteract things like that. I mean, the timing is right, and I just am so appreciative that you're doing it, and Thank I want you. more people to get involved. Two things come to mind immediately. One is Mary that mm-hmm. we just heard. So what comes to mind, Mary, I'm going to email you 
privately <laughs> is um, in every and and I really say this with with um, with reverence to everyone's story uh, in the good the bad and the ugly I have found a way to find the little light of kindness in there so I would love to interview Mary because I would love to dig a little deeper go a little longer to find who was her shining light in her story? What made the difference for her to crawl out? Because that part is often a part that we don't get to. Right. And that's the part that I want to put front and central in the Dare to be Kind TV shows. So if Mary is willing, <laughs> then that is one of the things I would love to do with Mary and other people we've interviewed. So if you are... A regular Joe like me out there and you say, I have something never talked about, never thought my story was interesting. Contact me because they are interesting because remember about the three pillars. So if you do that, then my biggest request is let's do it face to face. And if that's impossible on my travels through the U.S. for whatever reason, then let's use our technology to the best of our ability through Zoom. It's nothing scary. It's as easy as tuning into this radio show. I need teachers. I need vets. I need first responders. And if you are not it, then maybe you know of someone. And what I need is three different levels. I need uh, experts in these topics. I need children that are, for example, children of vets that are out there that have parents that sometimes they have two parents that are, that are serving in Afghanistan or somewhere else at this moment. Um, and so we want to hear about you because I'm trying to put together something that is so special that we hear from the adults, but that we hear from the children, and then we hear from teachers and professors what they think about the solutions. Because... Remember, it's always about the solution. Just like our guest said, it's about opening up. So we need panel experts to help us to find solutions. And that could be mothers. That could be you yourself because you're an expert in the pain that you've experienced. And that could be, like I just said, professors and teachers. So if any of these people exist in your environment or you are it, I expect my inbox to be full by tonight. There you go. And and there is there is another group of people that needs to get involved, and that are booking agents. Yes. Okay. Gabriella is traveling around the world speaking, and in some cases going into cities, uh, you know, maybe having one booking and then getting other ones as she gets there. Because, mm -hmm. because once she gets somewhere and they hear her speak, that's the people that go, oh, my God, now we want to yep. get her here, here, and here. Well, Let's try to book it ahead of time. So if you are a booking agent, if you go on the Dare to Be Kind Facebook page or or, um, or website, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Dare to Be Kind Movement Facebook page or Dare to Be Kind Movement uh, website, <laughs> if you go on those uh, and you can hear some of the speeches, you'll want her to speak. Uh, I just read when I was on the site and it was somebody from Pittsburgh or whatever said, how soon are you going to be back? We love you here. When yeah. are you going to be back? But there is a problem with that. <laughs> I would love to be back everywhere. Yeah. And I have circled back twice. So I have done many, many miles mm -hmm. because when someone says, oh, I'm 500 miles away, I'll do it just so you know. But you need to understand one thing is I go back and back and I do this a lot pro bono. So we can't exist of water and bread. We can't. <laughs> I'm little. 
but I need a little bit of food. <laughs> so I do slash my prices really, really low for anything that's not corporate. But universities and colleges, I have a promo going on at this moment for the summer. Don't miss it. Come to our website and it will be on there. There you go. So again, you have your marching orders. So for everybody out there, I mean, ha- have a great Memorial Day uh, uh, weekend or the what, with what's left of it. Uh, but also... Put on your calendar for next Monday because we're going to be joined by Lydia Finette, who's going to discuss her book, The Most Powerful Woman in the Room. And that one is you. Ooh. So it's how to command an audience and sell your way to success in whatever you choose to do. So, yes. And, and Gabriella is going to be here, too, because when she's speaking, she's the most powerful woman in the room. And I can use some tips. <laughs> there you go. So, um, and and please visit our archives of past interviews at AnswersForTheFamily.com, or you can subscribe to the show through iTunes, uh, through YouTube, through Stitcher, through Spreaker. Um, we're getting on all of these platforms. Yep. So if you like what you hear, please leave a review. It helps us reach more people and allows us all together to make a positive influence on people. So, Gabriella, thank you so much for being here once again. Yep. And thank for, you for having me. And for everybody out there, be good human beings and be with us again next week on Answers for the Family. Bye. Bye. Bye, Facebook. Bye, Facebook. So I'm glad that you said. You're listening to Answers for the Family with Alan Cardoza right here on LA Talk Radio. That is. That is super, super, super to know. Now, before we all leave, can we ask... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.